Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new episode of the EPL Boys, your home for everything English Premier League soccer and a little bit more. My name is Matt, as always, with my best friend through the internet, JD. Oh, it is so good to be back. JD, I felt like the cable guys on the South Park episode just rubbing nipples for the whole weekend, just... Do you know how wonderful it is, JD, to wake up at that awkward hour I wake up at every single day, except there's sports on? It's wonderful. It's magical. Yeah, it's uh, it's filled a, a, a very empty hole in my heart this summer to be able to wake up very early on a Saturday, Sunday morning. And I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, wake up, lay in bed, be half asleep, but have a game on that I'm invested in. And it, it's just, it's something over the last decade at this point that I, because you know, I I was always into, uh, pro, you know, professional soccer. I was always into it as a kid, but I, I was a kid. I I didn't get up that early to watch the games like every single weekend. But really, when I, you know, when I went to college in 2013 was when I really started being like, oh, I really like the Premier League and I really like Liverpool, so I'm gonna watch all their games and I'm gonna watch all the games around them. And every summer it sucks that I can't just you know lay in bed in the morning when I'm not doing anything anyway. And just watch these games. And I, it's so refreshing to have it back. My girlfriend fucking hated it. Well, she didn't hate it, but she was like laying in bed next to me. And it's like 7 a.m. for the Arsenal game on Saturday. And I'm just like, hey, yeah, game's on. Game's <laughs> on. We're back. We're back, baby. We're back. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's nice. Although, flip side, I also get the dark reality I was talking with a few of my buddies about this. When it's like 4.30, 4.45, and you've been watching every single type of soccer, like the Women's World Cup is on. That was cool. Like on, It was on Saturday, like having the nice transition of like England Women's World Cup into the rest of the EPL. Um, at that 4.45 period when like you're like watching some La Liga games because that's really all that's left on like the TV schedule and then you kind of start to look around and you're like well well now what like the fuck am oh, you, I wait, you wait till 7.30 so it's coming soon you wait till 7.30 to, till the Red Bull or the Union kickoff oh see like that is well that re- is... realistically for you if it's a home game for the Red Bull you're gonna have to leave as soon as 4.30 hits well I'll just watch the games on my phone I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at multitasking that way but yeah when Red Bull have like away days see but that's where I miss the old MLS because like some games would, the EPL games, the European games would end around the 3 to 4.30 range. But that's right around the time the MLS schedule used to start. There used yeah, to be the 3 I, o'clock I hate, game. I hate and, that there's no 3.30 or p.m. Saturday games. Like, come on, bring those breaks, back. When it's still sunny out. Oh, come on. There's like a handful of times last year where it was like, it was a Saturday. Red Bull were away. And I watch soccer from like seven o'clock in the morning until halftime of the Western Conference ten o'clock kickoff, and it was like I have Beautiful. sat in front of my TV from seven a.m. until eleven thirty p.m. 
and I, I did not waste my day. My day was filled. But we are back. Nope. Yep. The EPL is back. We have everything here to recap from week one in the Premier League. We are going to talk about some injury news. We are going to talk about some transfer news and all the topics in between. So, J.D., the Premier League season kicked off Burnley 0, Manchester City 3. Uh, Burnley's first welcome back to the Premier League Uh Man City wasted no time. Erling Holland, fourth minute, an absolute, just beautiful. You know, he was right place, right time. Great header from Rodri, I believe, was the one who provided the assist. And right from there, it was just Manchester City the rest of the way. Uh, another goal from Erling Holland, followed up by a goal from Rodri. JD, it, it, we even said this on the preview. It was unfair that Burnley had the Man City test to start the season, but. Manchester City showing that they are ready to do it all over again. But I just want to make a point with Burnley. I don't want to judge Burnley on this result. I, I genuinely don't. You know, there was a red card at the end of the game, and I do believe it was a, red, a deserved red card. That was a very high challenge that really, like even the announcer said, if it, funny enough, it was the fact that the challenge was high was good because if the challenge came in lower, Kyle Walker's ankle would have been in two pieces. And... I don't want to judge Burnley on this result. I don't. I want to give them weeks before I make a, like, a judgment, but Manchester City, fuck, they look good, and it doesn't even look like they skipped one beat. Yeah, um, this is exactly what we expected from City. I, cheeky 3-0 win. I, it could have been more at the same time. And, you know, Holland firing, Rodri, you know, making everyone who didn't draft him in fantasy, Premier League, thinking, oh my God, we need another, we need a CDM on our team now. Um, but no, Burnley looked good for periods of this game. Of course, you're going to get torn apart by Erling Holland. That's going to happen regardless. If you're not one of the bigger teams, like it's just going to happen. But other than that, I agree with you. Don't judge Burnley on this. They looked good. They are not the Burnley we remember. <laughs> I was, I, I found myself throughout this game thinking, is Burnley pressing? Like they're, yeah. they were pressing the ball the entire game. They were pressing. Uh, they weren't just holding it, you know, passing it back and forth between the center backs and the goalie. It, it, it was actually refreshing to see. The result is, of course, what it is. It, it's, it's. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter. It, it, Burnley, the, they got this game out of the way. Yeah, it's the only talking point I want to bring up is Kevin De Bruyne went off early with yep. what seems to be an injury, and he didn't look too comfortable on his way off. JD, this is one of the injuries I wanted to bring up. You know, the last time we saw Kevin De Bruyne, he was unable to finish the Champions League final. And yes, I'm not going to chalk this up to celebrating a treble all offseason, but realistically, is this a little selfish on Pep Guardiola to force KDB to play in a, in a game where, let's be honest, it doesn't matter who you played in that number 10 role, you were going to be Burnley today. Like, um, no, 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 no. I don't think you should think about it like that. Um, I, I think Kevin De Bruyne isn't getting younger. I'm not saying he's dropping off of form. I just think he's only getting older. So injuries like that might tend to creep up. I it's it's a shame to see because he's one of the greatest midfielders of of in the Premier League history. You know, I it's a shame to see, but um, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's selfish of Pep to play him in a in a game like this. No, it's it's the Premier League. I, I think. He should be, as a manager, he should be approaching every single game in this league the same way. You put out your strongest team. 
and Kevin De Bruyne is certainly the strongest option in the number ten role. I, I I don't I don't find it selfish or anything like that. Obviously, if this was like a League Cup or an FA Cup game, that's different. But the, the in the Premier League, you put out the strongest team you can. They play Sevilla on Wednesday in the Super Cup final. Uh, I don't believe KDP probably is going to get minutes there, but just taking a look ahead of the schedule, Manchester City hosts Newcastle on Saturday. That is blockbuster stuff right there. And that would be uh, a great game. And I'm I'm worried now without KDB. You know we're going to get to how good Newcastle looked, but without KDB, I worry about that mid the the creativity from the midfield because there is no replicator for KDB. There is no one who's like ah they do it like KDB. Like KDB does it all on his own. And I'm worried that maybe going into that big game, unless I hear something different, I, I think maybe it's something we need to worry about. But going into Saturday, bright and early, um, if you set your alarm clocks for 7.30 a.m., you could have hit the snooze one or two times because... I was pissed. I was so pissed. Yeah, JD was ultra mad. JD was more mad about Arsenal fucking up getting people into the stadium more than I've seen him mad about calls. Like... JD was JD was mad. So there was a error in the ticketing service where thirty was it thirty four thousand fans were having trouble getting in on opening day, and it that's nightmare stuff. Could you imagine being a traveling tourist, like not even a local? Imagine you're a traveling tourist and you've spent all that money to go see Arsenal on the opening day of the season. You get in line, you're waiting in line, and your ticket doesn't work. I would cry, right. J- JD. I would cry. You would, you would. What is that little boy doing in the corner, crying, doing the the fetal roll position? That's that's just me. Yeah, no, I it it. Look, if this game was played in Paris, France, all of those supporters would have been pre- pepper sprayed at that point. You know. And the game would have kicked off at normal time because that's just how the French do it in a Champions League motherfucking final. That's what. I, that's all I have to say about that. I, uh. I said it in in Discord as soon as soon as that happened. I'm laying in bed, just you know, eyes half shut. I see that the ticketing system wasn't working, and there's thirty five thousand fucking fans that can't get in. And I'm like, hmm, what does this remind us of? Yeah. Um. But to the game. It eventually kicked off 30 minutes later. Uh, Arsenal 2, Nottingham Forest 1. This game was open. If I had to use one word to describe this game, it was wide open. Uh, Enketia and Saka both getting on the goal sheet. Um, Gabriel Martinelli's assist for the Enketia goal was FIFA-esque. Like, the ability to open up space to deliver a perfect ball for Enketia. Um... Absolutely brilliant. And then Bakayo Saka curling it in. I mean, people online, JD, Cur- curl are kind merchant. Cur- curl merchant. Uh, oh, you know what? We were <laughs> we were all making the joke, the late cut inside. Uh, Bakayo Saka <laughs> is just an Iron Robin regen. Yeah. Like, I made the joke. Uh, Anthony has photos of Bakayo Saka on his uh, wall at home. Like, because all he wants to do is cut inside and curl it. But Bakayo Saka... Absolutely a beautiful curler. He's be- and like you said, he's been being very good at that. People online, JD, are kind of going at Matt Turner, who, by the way, started this game. This was his first start for Nottingham Forest since his move away from Arsenal. People are saying that he wasn't in the right position or he didn't make the right move to make the save. I'm I'm gonna call bullshit. Like 
that's just a beautifully placed ball, and there's maybe five goalkeepers on planet Earth who maybe make that save. I mean, I'll just say, Matt, I, everyone knows my opinion on Matt Turner. I'm going to be the first person to say he's trash at goalkeeping, but that's just me. I think Dean Henderson saves that 100%. I think Ethan Horvath saves it, who was on the bench. Wow. JD's got opinions. Um, Iwani getting the only goal for Nottingham Forest off of a really good Anthony Alanga run. It was good to see Anthony Alanga get like serious minutes with Forest. But 2-1 is the final. JD, my only takeaways from this game is Arsenal looked good, but they didn't look great. They allowed Nottingham Forest to kind of hang around, but they did the job. They did the business. They got all three points at home. Any key takeaways you want to take away from this Arsenal performance? Um, not so much. I, I agree. I, th- I think Arsenal definitely got the job done, but they shouldn't be just getting the job done against Nottingham Forest. They should be a little more convincing. Taiwo Awoni, how long have I been talking his praises? You have. I have. He's a fantastic player. He doesn't just, he, like, if you just watch the end of that goal, yeah, he, you know, he just, it's a tap-in, basically. No. First of all, he puts himself in front of the Arsenal defender to make that tap in. He starts that play, that counterattack. He is the guy that picks it up on the edge of his own box and gets that first pass and runs the entire length of the field to finish that off. This kid, I mean, I guess he's like 24, 25. I mostly remember him as a kid because he was a teenager when he came to Liverpool. Couldn't play because of work permit uh, visa shit. But um, I, I, everything that Klopp said when he was there but not there because he couldn't be everything Klopp said was everything he had seen was like this kid is going to be good yeah we just literally legally cannot use him and I it's it's a shame because I would have loved to see him you know progress through the Liverpool Academy but damn he's a great player I picked him up in fantasy and uh he helped me beat Kev Pettit from Lads uh in our fantasy Premier League draft uh league um, I beat Kev by three points, and Taiwo Awani got me seven. So, had he not scored, yeah, right, Kev would have beat well, me. But uh, yeah, let's not talk about fantasy Premier League losses. I I, I lost by one this week, and I kind of just want to cry and like crawl into a ball because like this is the friendly reminder. Oh yeah, this is how fantasy football makes me feel. But I had the- an extra nine points from uh, from Anderson from Crystal Palace sitting on my bench because. God damn it, Ivan Perisic coming on for Tottenham pissed me off. I hated it. I I, yeah. knew, I thought he wasn't going to play, and I was like, okay, cool, I'll get those points for Anderson. No, he comes in as a sub and gets one point, and Don't. now I have nine points sitting on the bench. It doesn't matter, but yeah. Don't worry. I had Tim Ream with seven points just sitting on my bench with no one to swap with. So yeah. um, the only sad takeaway from this performance is uh, Timber went out with a, a non-contact knee injury in this game, and... We come to find out now, a couple days later, it's an absolutely serious knee injury. They're thinking ACL, and they're thinking it might be the season for him. That is, that is tough. Um, this 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 kid is so good, and it's just tough because Arsenal clearly had plans to put him in the starting eleven right off of the start, in like put him right into the mix. So this is this is a big hiccup for Arsenal, and honestly, I I. You know, I don't want to speak for JD, but I think JD and I both wish him very fast. Yeah. You know, get well soon, come back stronger. So <sighs> let's move on. Bournemouth one, West Ham one. Um, a Jared Bowen absolutely screamer. Um, Jared Bowen not moving in this offseason kind of actually confuses me because Jared Bowen last year was obviously head, shoulders, knees, and toes better than anyone else on this West Ham squad. And he 
clearly is proving it with an absolute freaking banger to put West Ham up 1-0. But a late Dominic Solanke goal would see this game go 1-1. J.D., out of all the games this week, this one was one that kind of felt, in my opinion, just a little on the flat side. But two goals, one for each piece. I felt like a draw was a fair result. Yeah, it's a fair result. I think for both of these teams, they're going to think, okay, this is a good start to the season. We know where we're at. We know what we can do. Um, I've said for the last couple of seasons, Dominic Solanke, good fucking striker uh, for Burnmouth. I, I think he he was never going to be that at Liverpool. He just, he's not at that level, but for Burnmouth, fucking sign him to a lifetime contract. I think he's going to consistently get you 10 to 15 goals a season, and you can't ask for more at that level. Um, on, the, on the flip side, Jared Bowen, I agree. I, I was a little shocked that he... I didn't even really see rumors about yeah. him, which which fair play to him. If he wants to stay at West Ham, awesome. That's that's cool. I good good for West Ham fans. Good for him. Like that's cool. He's still kind of getting looks in, in in the England team. I think he would get more looks from Gareth Southgate if he played for a bigger team. But I I'm happy for him if he if, if that's where he wants to be. If he loves the club, awesome. Yeah, um, they just brought in James Ward Prowse, so that's only going to increase their productivity in the midfield. I just, I think this is West Ham should be fine. They they should be fine with this result, with especially bringing James bringing James Ward Prowse in. I think that's a fantastic yeah. deal, especially if they lose uh, Paquetta to City. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, there's not too much else to say. I it was a it was a a good draw. Yeah, no, I, it's. For both of these teams, taking a point right off the bat, I like maybe I think Bournemouth might feel a little bit hard done because I felt like they were slightly the better team compared to West Ham. But uh, honestly, both of these teams, one point, I'll think that I think they'd take it. You know, realistically, what's the thing, JD? It's like thirty. What is thirty nine points is safety or something like that? And uh, Cla- Claudio Ranieri always said forty points. So now it's people, teams have always been safe with less than 40. I think last season somewhere, I think West Ham had less than 40 last season, but if you get to 40, you're almost guaranteed not to be relegated. Hey, 39 more points for both of these teams. Let's make it happen. Next game, Brighton four, Luton town one. Um, this game, you could, you could pitch it in two different ways. You can pitch it as, man, Brighton look really, really good. Firing on all cylinders. You know, Mar- uh, Sonny Marsh, um, Joao Pedro, um, Adri Gara, and Ferguson all getting on the goal Odengra. sheet. Adingra. yes. I knew. They even said it while I was watching the game, and I even made a joke to myself. I was like, I'm going to butcher that name on the podcast. <laughs> Um, Ferguson also getting a goal sheet. Ferguson's going to be something special. I'm realistically thinking about picking him up in fantasy because I think he's going to be a gem. I think um, it's a little early to do that. I, I also yeah. agree. I think he's yeah. super young and he could be good. But, I, rem- yeah. I remember United were linked with him at the beginning of the transfer window, but like I think Brighton was like, we want 80. And it's like, this guy played 12 games last year. Yeah. <laughs> Very much no. That's, hey. I mean, good on Brighton. They've, they've, They've been able to do it in the past, so and and in the recent past. But, and we're gonna yeah, and we're gonna talk about that. But JD, I'll let you be the decider. This could be either Brighton were absolutely firing at all cylinders; no team was gonna stop them today. Or, and I hate to say it because again, we don't want to judge brand new teams by them just getting into the league. But Luton were bad. Luton Luton were playing bad football. 
Luton, nothing about Luton was exciting. Nothing about Luton screamed that we have been training now three months to get ourselves Premier League ready. Uh, the lone goal from Morris coming off of a penalty, off of a 50-50 call. I would think, you know, Lewis, Lewis Dunk looked like he was trying to bring his arm in on that arm ball, a handball. But there were more egregious penalties not called uh, this weekend. But yeah, um, yeah. But I, I don't know, JD. I'm I'm a little torn. I want to just, out of the kindness of my heart to Luton, I want to say, damn, Brighton were just good. No team was going to stop them. But yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Where um, Brighton were good. Don't don't get that twisted. Brighton were good. Now, two of their four goals were 85th minute plus. You know, when Luton Gar- is tired. Garbage, it, garbage, so, garbage time goals. Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, the Adegra goal is good. The, the Ferguson goal, 95th minute. Come on. Like, whatever. It's the end of the game. They're 3-1 up. Um, Luton Town, I think that they, they just got slapped in the face with the Premier League. I don't blame how they played. Uh, of course, it's going to be an upward battle. I think that I think they have the time now to just regroup. They can look in training and be like, okay, that's what it's like to play in the Premier League. We played a good team in the Premier League. Not one of the best teams, but a good team. There's going to be half the teams in the Premier League that we can probably challenge against and maybe stay up this season. So I I, I think Luton should feel okay. This is an okay result. For most of the game, they were only one goal down. So I... I think they'll be fine, not into at the end of the season, but just right now, I think they'll be fine. Um, yeah, the, the penalty, I don't really agree with, but it is what it is. We're going to move on. Everton, nothing. Fulham, one. Uh, the only goal, funny enough, coming from the combination of substitutes. Uh, Bobby Deke, uh, Corover Reed, uh, scoring the lone goal in this game off of assists from, funny enough, Andres Pereira and uh, Mitrovic, who literally came on 20 minutes before the goal was created. I'll be honest with you, J.D. We're going to talk about Wolves' offense a little bit later because it's a talking point about, God, they just need someone to fucking put the ball in the net. Everton need a motherfucker to put a ball in the net because Everton had uh, a, a good chunk of chances today and Fulham either got the lucky bounce or it just or or it went inches wide. I think if you're Fulham, you're you're not ecstatic about these three points, but man, you will take three points on the road to start the season any day. But if you're Everton, man, one, you are going to need Calvert-Lewin in ASAP. JD, I don't I don't know why. He wasn't in the lineup. Is he hurt? Yeah, I forget what it was. I think I think it was just a knock. Um, it, it like because I have him on fantasy uh, just as my like third striker. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think it was just a knock. He didn't play, which actually helped me because him not playing and then uh, I forget who else didn't play on my team that let Taiwo Iwani get into my team after the fact and get my points to win. Um. But yeah, Calvert Lewin is is a guy. You know, he is a guy that can put ball in net. Um, that's about it for Everton. If he's back, there's a chance. But other than that, that team fucking sucks. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm looking at the, the stats. And the stats say Everton probably should have won this game. Based on shots on target versus shots in total. We're looking at 19 shots, 9 on target for Everton. 9 shots and 2 on target for Fulham. And they just were playing better football. I mean, realistically, yeah, 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 like... No, no, no. Everton just actually suck. 
Like, they are just a bad team. And I, this just, this just reinforces the fact that they will go down this season. Unbiased. Like, of course, of course, I hate Everton as a Liverpool fan, but I truly think this is the season. They can't do it three seasons in a row. They can't do it. There's no way. But I'll spin that just a little bit. Everton looked good against Fulham. And realistically, Fulham is a middle-of-the-table team, and that's where Everton are going to find their points, against middle-of-the-table teams. If they play this well and find a way to accidentally score once or maybe twice in a game on occasion, I actually realistically think Everton, if they play at this energy, because they played, they were very high energy. Usually, Fulham is not the easiest team to play against, but Everton did a very good job to when they had the ball, they were effective with the ball. But, I mean, Mother, I just... It's one of these things where, seriously, guys, someone put the ball in the net. I'm going to make that comment later for the game that happened today. But, like, guys, put the ball in the net. Seriously, someone put the ball in the fucking net. Like, professional footballers are at work here. One of you guys take the ball and put it over the line. Patrick meme. We should just take the ball and just put it over there. Like... Everton just... I actually am interested to see what will happen with this Everton team, but we're going to move on. Next game, Crystal Palace won Sheffield nothing. Sheffield's introduction back into the Premier League after their relegation sees one goal scored by Edward. This game as well probably didn't have as many of the fireworks as some of the other games did. Crystal Palace was in the driver's seat for basically this whole game, and their goal was deserved. Honestly, I think Crystal Palace might have been deserved maybe another goal here or there. But, J.D., the biggest fireworks by far. Roy Hodgins heard that I put him on the hot seat, his first manager fired, and he decided to almost fight a player. Um, Oh, it's great. It's great. I love it. I would like to officially take back my statement about anti-Roy Hodgins stuff. Uh, give Roy Hodgins look youthful. You saw him. He had that little bounce in his step. He had a little bit of the hip movement. He seemed like he was Muhammad Ali out there shaking it. I'll tell drug you this. Drug test him. Drug test him. Ran, league random drug testing. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, here we go. No. not. I, the, think, I think Roy Hodgins had a little a couple nose beers at halftime, you know? Uh, JD, I... Like, there's something about me when managers some, start getting into some, it. Some, some booger sugar, you know? Oh, my God. Hey, when Roy Hodgins was in charge 50-something years ago, that was okay. That's how uh, that's how certain players got through that sec- those second-half uh, dips. Yeah, but... when, when, when the player he's fighting was George Best, you know? Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, Can, is that... <laughs> Is that a thing? Did George Best and Roy Hodgins share like the same area? Like they play- may, they may have. I, mean, I I don't know. When when was when was George Best at his prime? That was like the eighties, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I like, I'm pretty sure. I'm right on that. Oh my god. So Roy Roy Hodgins was probably like a a senior player or young manager at that point. Um, <laughs> good good old Roy Hodgins. But JD. Crystal Palace were basically in the dominating seat for this game. This was a pretty disappointing result. Um, all three of the teams that got moved up had very, very disappointing results. Yeah. Um, it, and that's kind of to be expected. You know, I, I think Palace approached the game the right way. You know, just get the job done, which they did. Uh, and Edward. Um, I have to say, for, for Fantasy Premier League, this is a great week for strikers. A lot of strikers fucking scored. That doesn't always happen in you know in when you think about Premier League like fantasy stuff. 
Um, I almost picked up Edward because I think he's a good player. He just plays for Palace, and that's tough to be a striker in that team. Um, it's There's not much to take from the game. Palace just got the job done. They controlled the game, and easy 1-0 win. Sheffield, it remains to be seen. Who knows? I think the loss of Sander Burge, which I didn't even know about. Did you know about that? I did not know until I saw he came on. Uh, did he go to... Wow, now I'm blanking. He went to Burnley, right? I think he went to Burnley. <laughs> and, uh, now, no. and now I forget. I'm sorry. But, you, um, you, you cut out for one second. Who are we talking about? Sander Burge who was with Sheffield United when they were still in the Premier League, and it was like a wild thing that he, you know, went to Sheffield United. And yeah, now now I can for a bit. He moved to, to Burnley, like, okay. last week, and I didn't realize that. And when I was watching the City-Burnley game, I was like, Sander Burge is on this fucking team? Like, what? Because he's a good player. Like, I... I This shocks me that, like, a guy of his, like, kind of credibility when he came to the Premier League... He signed for Sheffield United. I was just thinking, like, what? Like, how did they get that done? And then now he goes to Burnley. Like, I don't know. It was weird. I think losing Sander Burge was a big loss in midfield for Sheffield United, which, you know, brings up, can they stay up? I I, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling at this point. No. Not much else to take away from this game. No, it's... Yeah. Powell's got the job done. Sheffield United remains to be seen. No truer word spoken. Now for the game. Now for my game of the week this week, and damn, holy shit! Newcastle five, Aston Villa one. Goals from Tonali, two goals from Isak, a goal from Callum Wilson, and a goal from Barnes would definitely outweigh the one goal from Diaby. Uh, the one I, I was I was loving this game for the first like twenty minutes. Tonali getting a goal six minutes into his debut. Diaby getting a goal 11 minutes into his debut. Isak scoring an absolute thriller in the 16th minute. And then just Aston Villa never recovered. Like, it kind of seemed like if it stayed 1-1 for a while, maybe the result might have been different. But JD, Newcastle were in control. Newcastle, Newcastle were... Newcastle heard the offseason heat. And they delivered. They were obnoxiously the better team in this game and if Newcastle's firing at all cylinders this Newcastle team can beat any team in the Premier League yeah I I'm worried about Newcastle because they looked fantastic and it it's weird because these are these are the two teams that I think like Newcastle Aston Villa are the two teams that you think okay can they really make the step up I know Newcastle got Champions League in third place or uh yeah were they third or fourth? Fourth, fourth place. Fourth, fourth, place. fourth. Fourth. They got Champions League last season so for for this season, so they kind of did make the step up. Can they keep that place? And Aston Villa, they made some fantastic transfer moves. Can they make that step up? And I, man, like I, I Newcastle. I think if we're basing it off of one game, holy shit, Newcastle are great. Can they, you know, keep stay there? It, you know, we'll see. Villa, I think. They're running into what I was thinking Newcastle might run into, and still might. It's a lot of new players. It's a new system. I just, I think, don't base Newcastle or uh, Aston Villa off of this game, and don't really base Newcastle off this game. Like, I, I, I think this is a this was a fun game to watch. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I first game of the season, a lot of new players. Like Musa Diaby again. I like his goal was fantastic. I just. I think he's going to be good for this league, but it's all the other new players. Like, did Thielman's play in this game? I don't even know. 
Uh, like, I, yeah. I, I want to see what Seomans can do here. Did he play? Okay. Yeah, he came on. He came on as a sub. Oh, my God. Philip Coutinho came on. Holy shit. I was watching this on my phone. I didn't even realize. Um, I just... This Villa team can be good. Yeah. I think they need time. But... I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. It's... But, God damn, this Newcastle team. That This was eye-opening for me. I didn't think Newcastle would come out this hot and heavy. So... It, it, we're going to have to see. They have a massive matchup next weekend against Manchester City. I already am probably going to leak that that's my game of the week. That's that's going to be absolutely blockbuster. First game on Sunday, Brentford 2, Tottenham 2. The first game in the post-Harry Kane era leads to a draw. Um, I'll be honest, man. The first 45 minutes of this game were fun as fuck. No defense, all offense for both of these teams. All gas, no breaks. Uh, goals from Embuomo and Wisa were canceled out by goals from Romero and Emerson Royale. Um, key takeaways, I think, from this game is Brentford look good offensively. Defensively are weak as fuck. Um, I don't know why last year I remember Brentford being a solid team defensively, but man, they allowed Tottenham... You know, a lot, they allow it a lot of open room just outside the box. And it's, I think Thomas Frank can overall fix that. I feel like that is like a very coachable thing. My other takeaway from this game, JD, is James Madison don't need no Harry Kane. James Madison offensively was premier for Tottenham Hotspur. Created both chances, putting in lethal set piece opportunities. And overall, he just seemed like he was everywhere. One other talking boy from Tottenham? Where the fuck was Young Ming Sun? Because good fucking uh, God. Uh, give, giving up a penalty on a yeah. very much foul. <laughs> yeah, it's, again, his first goal, his first contribution is Tottenham captain, and Sun gives up a penalty, and then just, I I, I don't remember hearing Young Ming Sun's name for the rest of the game. Like, that's yeah. that's not good. Not a good debut, but I think both of these teams will take the 2-2 draw. The second half was absolute dudsville. It was, I could have, you could have turned the game off. Then nothing happened in the second half. I I said this right after the game. I was I have never been less worried about a striker scoring than Richarlison in this game. Yeah. I, I truly like look, I have my own opinions about Richarlison, like personally, and just I just watching him over the last couple of seasons. I do not rate him in the slightest. I, I cannot believe he has commanded more than one fifty million pound plus move in his career. It's wild to me. Unbiased, I truly, watching this game, I have never been less worried about a player putting the ball in the back of the net. Like, Richarlison just sucks. Like, if somebody watched this game and didn't know any of the players, had no previous opinions, like, they would say, that guy fucking sucks. Like, I'm just... He's so bad. Like, I cannot believe Spurs paid, Spurs paid like, 60 million pounds for him. Like, it's, it's just wild to me. I, I don't know. Like, is, is now people are talking, it's like, oh, he needs a backup striker. It's like, no, you, you need a starting striker. <laughs> He's yeah. so bad. So. I don't know. But Brentford, great fucking result. Um, I, I think the fact the fact that no Ivan Tony and look who scored in Buemo and Visa, who are filling in yeah and, and, and that's that's good to see that is good to see for Brentford against Tottenham who are a big club so I, I think this is all good I look Tottenham's goals Christian Romero scored off a set piece okay that that shit happens Emerson Royale 
he doesn't score much. He got a goal from outside the box, low shot. It's going to happen here and there. I think Brentford can hold their their heads high here. I, I think they played a great game. Yes, the second half sucked, but Tottenham are probably thinking, oh, we should have won that. And I'm sitting here thinking, no, you should have probably fucking lost that. You suck. Yeah, it's... This game, like I said, first half great, second half not so great. Both teams probably have takeaway points. But honestly, I, I like what David Oldstein said on um, the pre-match talk with uh, Rebecca Lowe. The postman, as a lot of people are calling the new uh, the uh, the new Tottenham coach, he no longer has the pressure to win right now because you don't have Harry Kane. And honestly, I think that might be the best thing for Tottenham, period. Like, have a few seasons where you finish middle of the table, you bring in some good players, you work players in for the future, and... And, and you you get there. You just you slowly get there. There's no instant need to succeed because you have Harry Kane. You have one of the best strikers in world football. I actually think this is... I And realistically, Tottenham might come out better from the Harry Kane move than I get, think a lot of people think. Like, yeah, right now it's not going to be great. Maybe the next two seasons aren't going to be well. But, like, four or five years down the road, if you invest properly in the right management systems, the right coaching staffs, and the right players, Tottenham have the ability to grow into something outside of just one singular unit that is Harry Kane. But we move on to the final game of Sunday. Chelsea won, Liverpool won, in JD's game of the week. JD, this game was all over the place crazy. There were goals. There were goals called off for both teams. This game was wide open. A lot of specific talking points for both of these sides. But, J.D., from your opinion first, Liverpool, how are we feeling after this 1-1 result? Um, I'm feeling kind of cheated. And, and and again, look, bias out the window. Obviously, I want Liverpool to win, to succeed, you know, whatever. I want the players to play well. Uh, the lineup was exactly as I predicted in my head because of the way Klopp has set up this team in preseason. We need a holding midfielder. We just do. I, I mean, it, it's great to see McAllister, Sobosly, and Gakpo, of all people, playing in midfield. Cool. Yeah, that was that's not really. Yeah, it's that. not really his position. It's not that, like, literally the last two games of preseason, Klopp did that, and it kind of worked. I don't know. Gakpo dropping deep does remind me of how Firmino kind of approached his role late on in his Liverpool career. Um, I just can't get over it. Like, Anthony Taylor is... It's not even Anthony Taylor. It's all English refs. They are all just dog shit. The inconsistencies... And look, I'm not even talking about Salah's goal that was ruled offside. That was so tight, and the lines drawn were not good. I They literally drew the line off of his fucking fingernail, which is not how that's supposed to be. I, I, I think he is marginally offside, but the line was wrong. Like, it should have been, been back a little farther. That is, that's what it is. It's whatever. Liverpool created a bunch of chances. One of them was a fantastic goal by Luis Diaz, created by Salah. What a pass. The DeSazi goal for Chelsea, defensive laps. Uh, we've, we've looked at it with Liverpool in the past. It, it's just going to happen. Um, I just, I can't get over some of the, some, some of the officiating decisions. Um, who was it? Uh, I can't. I can't pronounce this guy's name. Ch- Chuck Wameka uh, from Chelsea. Early on, studs up in the chest of Konate. I don't care that it's the beginning of the game. 
That's yeah, a that, red that was a red card. I, I, no, I'm sorry. I, like, I, I brought that up as well. I honestly thought to myself, like, that is an that's a red awfully, I, I just, that's an awfully high boot. That's an awfully no, high boot. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think Anthony Taylor's thinking like, oh, it's early. It was like the 15th minute or whatever. That doesn't matter. I, it's literally in his chest studs up. I, I just, it took me, it took me a couple minutes to realize, oh, that definitely should have been a record. The other thing, Enzo Fernandez apparently had a masterclass of a game, you know, I, uh, I, just holding the ball, creating chances. He, he literally headbutted Jota. And the fact that Diogo Jota didn't just go down is the reason Enzo Fernandez wasn't sent off. And I want everybody listening to go look up that clip. And then go look up the clip of Darwin Nunez getting into a headbutt confrontation with Anderson from Crystal Palace last season. And tell me what the difference was. I had the answer. The difference was Anderson went down, Jota didn't. Same exact situation. I I could not believe Jota got a yellow. Anthony Taylor booked both players because Enzo Fernandez headbutted Jota. I, I, I just... it. It astounds me yeah. that the incompetency in the officiating realm of the Premier League. It's and we'll get we'll get to more. There's there's more. Don't worry. Uh, I just mm, it just bothers me. Um, Liverpool the second half just couldn't really create as much as they did the first half. And then I know you're gonna bring it up, but the Salah Rife thing. Salah got subbed in like 75th minute uh, and uh, was visibly visibly pissed off at Klopp didn't didn't shake his hand was you know tearing off his hand bandaged things yeah. that'll be fine yeah I think oh, no. Klopp's oh, gonna no. oh. Klopp, like they'll be fine Salah Salah's the kind of guy that's gonna be like he's gonna say to Klopp I overreacted I am sorry like nope. I, it'll be fine nope um I, I immediately went on my Liverpool fan burner account which uh by the way go follow me on my Liverpool fan burner account it's inside Anfield Locker 101 at Twitter um, giving all the inside scoop from inside the Liverpool locker room. Uh, yep. Mo Salah has already emptied his locker in absolute disgust with Jurgen totally. Klopp and is already on a plane for a medical to team up with his true icon and hero, Cristiano Ronaldo, in Saudi Arabia. So, And, and, and Mane. Yeah. So, um, Mane's on that team. Yes. Oh, my God. Hey, Mane and Salah together. Hey. <laughs> with Ronaldo through the middle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ten years ago, that is just unfair but yeah um major talking points from this game jd said enzo fernandez had an absolutely phenomenal game in the midfield he really did a wonderful job uh overall chelsea there's a lot of questions with chelsea but man they they looked okay i didn't expect them to look this okay game one against the liverpool side um liverpool just need to just fine-tune like four or five things like Liverpool are there Liverpool I I have Liverpool finishing second this year and I am not changing that after this result JD made it clear and I've said this to every single person under the sun in the last three days two three days Tyler Adams was about to go to Chelsea for 20 million euros we're going to talk about all transfer news, by the way, going into next week. JD and I want to do our best to keep the episodes around 45 minutes because we're going to be giving two episodes a week Tyler Adams to Liverpool just needs to happen. Like, it just needs to because Tyler Adams is... I have some bad news. Uh, Burnmouth just activated his release clause for 25 Oh, good. So Tyler Adams is going to go play bullshit football for another team that's going to go get relegated. I bet you that's going to do wonders for his fucking career. Like, Liverpool, just go in. Seriously, go in for... uh, That is such an easy... He's ready to play now. 
20 million euros. This is... 25 million what? pounds. But yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You are about to spend 110 million on Casino. But the final game of the weekend, and of course, Manchester United won, Wolves nothing. Uh, the only goal coming from Rafael Varane in the 76th minute. JD, I'm going to keep this short, sweet, and to the point so we can get to the talking point at hand. Wolves looked like goddamn prime Barcelona midfield defense and goaltending wise, but they did look like they worst, like they couldn't finish in a whorehouse. I know we've had guests on here say that before, but like my fucking God, I think Man United gave Wolves every opportunity under the sun to win this game and they just didn't. Um, Overall, Man United getting the one opportunity they did and Rafael Varane putting it in. But JD, it's going to come down to that one call at the end of the game. It's going to come well, down to, right at the end of the game, a cross from inside the box and Onana barreled through a Wolves defender to go get the ball. Uh, it went to VAR and JD VAR sided that natural play. The goalie has the right to go get the ball. And miss the ball by a meter. Yeah. Again, we're gonna get into this. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let JD go in first. I'm gonna rebuttal and then we're gonna bring this podcast home. Well, first let me just say, yeah, I agree. Wolves actually played a great game. Cunha looks fantastic. Mateus Nunez. Phenomenal. Uh if you're if you're a Wolves fan, uh don't be a fan of his because he's not gonna yeah. be there very well. Don't long. buy his jersey. Um, do not buy his yeah, jersey. Don't, do not buy his jersey. <laughs> He looked, Nunez looked amazing. Cunha looked fantastic. Jao, or, um, Pedro Neto, I almost said Jao Pedro. Pedro Neto looked great. I, I think this team looks like they can actually be good, and that, that's going against my predictions. Yeah. It's just they need to be able to finish, and they just couldn't finish. Like, Wang Yi Chan, when he came on, he looked fantastic. They just couldn't finish. I, they created so many chances. And I. It's, it's crazy that United let them. And I'm not saying United didn't deserve to win on paper. You know, I... I mean, Wolves did have more yeah. shots and more shots on target. But, <laughs> oh my God. But, right, and one last thing. Uh, Aaron Wambasaka didn't know he knew how to do that. Uh, yeah, so, by the Did, way. Didn't know he knew how to put ball onto penalty spot from across let, let onto me, a head of somebody. I didn't I, I didn't know he knew how to do that. Good, good on him. Let me just say, the reason why Eric Ten Hag is the greatest manager in Manchester United history is not for the fact that he's gotten, like, good performances out of good players or he's like kind of settled the ship or he's gotten rid of the deadwood or he's brought in prime people no he got awb an assist he got aaron wambasaka to go forward okay aaron wambasaka is no like you have to understand ladies and gentlemen he's a center back in a right back's body two years ago aaron wambasaka down the wing i automatically put my hands in my face just going, well, that's this'll be a turnover. Now Aaron Wambasaka can dribble. Aaron Wambasaka can go around a defender. Aaron Wambasaka can put in a cross. My god My God, Mama Mama told me about these days these days, Shady. Mama said that these days would come. But I used to pray I used to pray for times. I like used these, to pray for times like this, yes. <laughs> but um yeah, we gotta talk about the penalty. Um yeah. It's, Do you want me to go first? So here, I'll, I'll go first. I'll let you go, and then we can finish it up with some very calm discussion. And JD, I'm going to refer to calm discussion. Oh yeah, it's going to be calm. Uh, my initial thoughts were, yeah, it's a pen. 
It's a stone-cold pen, easy. He barrels through the defender, and he doesn't get the ball. But we're hearing refs come forward. We're hearing former goalies come forward. And and honestly— Oh, yeah, the refs, yeah, they're always going to back the current refs. And the goalkeepers, oh, the goalkeeper union, yeah. They're I, all, yeah. I, I, I just—he's going for the ball. He's he's his eye is on the ball. It's not like when he's going, he's not looking at the ball in the air. Like if he never looked at the ball and only looked at the defender and only ran through the defender, I would agree. It's a penalty. But his eyes were on the ball. He was going for the ball during this play. And you have to give the goalies the benefit of the doubt because JD, you and I were having a brief discussion at the beginning of the episode. If they called this a penalty, this opens up Pandora's box to every single player getting tapped by a goalie and going down. And then you have to use this as the line of, well, if that's a penalty, then that has to be a penalty. And then you're making VAR and the refs work harder. And JD, I don't want the refs and VAR working harder. They don't work now. Like, yeah, they don't work at all. What do you mean work harder? They, they, they could just do their fucking job. Do you have anything else to add before I no. just completely disagree with no, you? No, you can go disagree. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jay. Okay. I completely disagree with you. This is not going to open up a Pandora's box of, oh, if a player just gets tapped by the goalkeeper, goes down. No, 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 no. No, no, Onana drove a Mack truck through two players and missed the ball by like five feet. This is not a, oh my God, what does this mean going for? No, no. This is the most clear. I, I cannot believe it. Tim Howard... Eat your motherfucking pride. After the game, you're saying, oh, yeah, you know, this happens all the time and it never gets called. It won't get called. Bro, oh, my God. Like, no. Every single other person on that goddamn broadcast just completely disagree with you. Just flat out saying no. Like, that, that is a stone cold penalty. I just, oh, my God. Like, again, I love seeing Manchester United not be good. I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm coming from an outside perspective. Like, that is a stone wall penalty. I cannot believe the incompetency in the officiating in this game. Like, oh my God, it's so bad. Like, it's so bad. I, if you did, if you haven't seen, go onto our Instagram. I made a very fun meme of, uh, you know, that scene from Inglorious Bastards that everybody knows. And uh, I made sure to cut it right before the bat hits his head. Because then, you know, I we would be put in Instagram jail if I if I kept that going. Um, but <laughs> but that's that's what it felt like. I, it felt like Onana just put cement in his fucking goalkeeper gloves and just punched him straight across the face. Like I, what? Where is the line? Where's the line? Can the goalkeepers just I, have a center block in their hands and just throw it onto a player well, and be like, oh no, that's just that's just goalkeeper's right. Well, the like, the only thing I'm gonna just bring to that is. I have seen goalies in the past assault people. I'm talking full-scale assault people and no one bat an eye. Like, no one bat an eye at all. I'm just tired of it when it's a Manchester United player. Now it's at the forefront of, oh, this is another thing United's getting away with. Like, I feel like casually goalies get away with this type of shit every single fucking week. And no one bats an eye because it's just how it is. No, this is this was an egregious situation. It's an egregious. This was egregious. Is it an egregious situation because it's a United player? If this, no. If this happened, no. if, this is a new. This is a this is a debut for United player. I, I have no prior hey, thoughts of this player. I just. I think you should be worried I that Onana is going to do this again and it might get called. 
just a heads up, uh, if you had Onana on your fantasy team, you got bonus points because he won man oh of the match. Oh, my God. I, 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 that's, that's another thing. I, they, <laughs> th- that was the Premier League going, you know what? You want to piss a lot of people off? Clicks button. Onana. <laughs> yeah, how did Ver- Veron not get that? Uh, I just, what, whatever. But that is all of the uh, the big talking points uh, from this game today, uh, from these games this week. Um, we're going to quickly do our pepper books i'm gonna do the pepper books mvp jd's gonna do ouch town and we are gonna get on out of here we'll bring up all transfer news during the midweek episode to prep you guys for next week's game so for me there is truly truly only one player i could think of to be the pepper books mvp going into this week and it's it's pretty easy It, it really is pretty easily it's declan rice declan rice showed exactly why he was worth $100 million. Because he put out every fire before it became a fire for Arsenal. Like, it's easy to say that Declan Rice made big moves here, big moves there. He made a big stop here, big stop there. If you casually watched Declan Rice in this game, he stopped counterattacks before they became a counterattack. He got to the ball before the pass was made. He made the tackle before the pass was made. And realistically, I can't actually make this up. I think without Declan Rice, low-key, Arsenal don't win this game against Nottingham Forest because I think Nottingham Forest would have had at least four, if not five, more opportunities to counterattack. And I don't know if Arsenal stop them. So realistically, I think Declan Rice didn't get on the goal sheet, didn't make an assist, easy Pepperbrook's MVP. Now, JD, we have a very, very funny and a very unique Ouchtown population, you bro, and I am excited to hear it. Yep, Harry Kane, Ouchtown population, you can't escape the bro. EPL boys. Can't escape us. Nope, still got to be a talking point. Um, yeah, so he leaves. He leaves Spurs. Uh, they immediately don't have a guy that can you know really be that guy for Spurs because it's Richarlison. Goes to Bayern Munich. First game, loses a trophy. Love you it. could not write it any better. I, I just, you, you couldn't, you couldn't script it better. I, if you have extra money laying around, look on this podcast. We used to do a gambling corner that I would host, and I lost a lot of money doing that because I, I'm dumb. <laughs> if you have some extra money laying around, put it on Borussia Dortmund to win the Bundesliga because I don't think the world will let Harry Kane win a trophy. I think this will be the first way. How, how long has it been since Bayern didn't win the Bundesliga? Like 10 seasons or something like that? Yeah, I, th- I think they're about to go for their 11th year. Yeah, it's it's something like that. I, don't quote us on that, but it, it's something. It's it's some ridiculous number. This will be the season. Ham, ham, the Bayern Munich don't win the Bundesliga. Hammer RB Leipzig, okay? Ham, yeah, well, yeah, or RB Leipzig. Ham, I, ham, I think Dortmund are due. Dortmund are due. It would actually be kind of comical that, like, in Marco Royce's entire career, he sat and just watched Bayern win every trophy, and then the final year, finally the year they don't win, RB Leipzig. Nah, but he's wins. a he's a good guy though. You don't want yeah. you don't want to do that to him. But RB Leipzig will be fine. But yeah. <laughs> But that is going to be our episode today, boys and girls. We once again very much appreciate all the love and support that you provide our direction. Um, Like I said, during the season, we will be banging out two episodes a week. One episode like this, giving you a review of everything that happened during the past weekend in Premier League 
games, and then one later in the week, which will be released on Friday, which will be a description of preview of every single game and talking points that happened during the week. So if you are not already, please give us a follow at the EPL boys on Instagram. And if you are not already, please hit the subscribe button on whatever streaming service you listen to us on to make sure you are up to date when the new episodes drop. For JD, my name is Matt, guys. I want you to be safe. I want you to be well. And we will see you guys next time. Peace out.